You've reached Moody's Never Say Die Hard, a moonlighting podcast with Kevin and Chez. Each week we watch the next episode, available Friday, for you to download. For each break in the case, we have laughs for your face. For every twist and thrill, we have jokes that kill. Some fly by night, some fly by day. So let us now join Addison and Hayes. All major credit cards accepted. Hello and welcome to Moonies Never Say Die Hard, a moonlighting podcast once again. We're back to moonlighting with Kevin and Chez. Hi, Chez. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. That's good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we each have a pet on our lap. Yeah. Yeah. So I have I have, I have the dog today. I Jackson's have a with me. cat. And right now the cat is comfortable on my lap, but that can go two ways with a cat. Either this is what it is for the next six days, or there's going to be a lot of up, down, up, down, and stepping on things I'd rather they didn't. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> he's going to move around a lot. I feel yeah, like. there's going to be a lot of shuffling in this episode, people. So if you hear <laughs> things like, ow, 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 it's because I haven't sharp, I haven't cut their claws in a little while. And maybe the same with Drex. Nah, he's just, he's just a lummox. He somehow moves these 18 pounds in a way that makes him feel like a much larger animal. <laughs> that Uh-oh, I got a cat moving. That's it, people. That's our first <laughs> 45 minutes of this podcast. His cat is pet shuffling. All right, off the lap. Is that Kiki? That is Kiki. Yeah, Kiki had to go get the copy for the, for the sponsor. Oh, yeah. Wow, that would be a segue if we were going to use it right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're not that professional or smooth. <laughs> I hated this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you have alerted me to such through numerous texts. Oh, God. I did not hate this episode to the degree you did. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying there was stuff we could work with, which is always what I look for now. Yeah, that's fine. You know, it is It is a uh, curious episode. It, it does not end in a cream pie fight. No. And in a sense, it doesn't end. <laughs> I mean, unless you call slamming on the brakes an ending. I but thought I thought we were done with cream pies. The <laughs> metaphorical cream pie but they, narrative. But they looked back on that episode and said, "That works. Let's do it again." Yeah, David became Uber David, Dear. and Maddie, in a way, became Uber Maddie. Yeah, I mean, it was just too as in too much. Have you noticed that? Because I I think I was looking down at times to type notes there are times where maddie when she's really making some odd decisions for her character she sounds a lot like jennifer coolidge like a subtle jennifer coolidge (laughs) you mean in the character arc or the actual voice in the voice oh wow yeah i'm gonna have to hear that again because that is a very particular voice yeah yeah usually that would be a compliment because we do we do love our jennifer coolidge it's not that it was just I picked it up this time that it's uh, right. there was a lot of similar cadence and inflection to Jennifer Coolidge, who has a very distinct cadence herself. Yeah. Yeah. It can only be described as the Jennifer Coolidge. Cadence. Yeah. Yeah. And I am putting this less on Sybil Shepherd than what she has to work with. I will say this is the episode, maybe the very first episode. And it was one of two scenes where I go, OK, this is the fabled Vaseline smear. Dear Lord, I am at an age where my eyesight is starting to go a little. I've had very good eyesight my whole life. Very lucky. My age was 11. 
And so this is around the time my parents also started to use reading glasses and stuff. I can still Jeez. read pretty good. It's yeah. more like I can't see the Mets score from the kitchen anymore. It's a little blurry. And so I, I know that would be your measuring stick for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to have her be randomly fuzzy this episode was messing with me because I'm I'm be I'm more conscious of it right now. But I will tell you since I had my uh, super glasses on, yeah. that was the that was the fabled Vaseline smear because we've heard of this. We all remember how they would soften her on the lens. I don't think she needs it by any stretch of the imagination. No. And I'm not trying to judge anyone strictly on the surface level, but if we are going to do this for the thing, I don't think she needs it at all. It's the romantic glow, I think, more than trying to de-age her because she doesn't need the de-aging. Right. But yeah. um, I think that's what it is. And it's weird to do the romantic glow when it's her and David, given the nature relationship, even though this is a will they, won't they from almost day one. If I were he to put his hand it, on her butt. Yeah, we're we're gonna get to that. I know we don't we we, we I, I know we don't like to do the the promise of we're gonna get around to that, but I think we do have to actually in that regard we do have to get we are going to get to that, which actually leads us to another thing. I would say this episode breaks the fourth wall. This is the beginning of them chipping away yeah, at the fourth lot, wall yeah. with a with with some regularity, yeah. which I'm not opposed to because no, it's it makes it interesting. It does, and I think that's we're. I think when that starts to happen, we're going to see the show we kind of remember. Yeah, which is going to be a little faster and a little. Listen, we don't go into the show for the mystery, as the show has <laughs> reminded us. But or or for the cop work. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. We, we're going to. There's so much we're going to get to because we're going to. Otherwise, we're going to front load this entire episode. Are we almost done? We're almost done. So. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up with our sponsor. This episode was brought to you by at least a believable someone who came across as someone who in other episodes would come across as a believable police officer. Yeah, that would be Dan Loria, who was the dad in Wonder Years. And I would have to say one of the most believable dads on a sitcom. Yes, that the, the mom and dad in Wonder Years were extremely believable. And that's why I like watching the show. Even even with uh, Kevin and his, uh, I'll say it, asshole brother. <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this is the second time we've brought that up. He's like an enemy of the show now. He is, and for no reason, <laughs> listen, every so often, uh, how do I put this? Because we're going to be polite here. You know how they say don't meet your idols? <laughs> I've come more to the point of don't meet anyone, and you'll be fine. Don't, don't meet anyone. Listen, I met Scott Adams. I can say that. Never an idol. Ugh. But anyway, great, great Dan Loria. Great <laughs> Scott Adams is the creator of Dilbert, for people Dilbert. who don't know. I had lunch with him. And, but Dan Loria was doing a very good job. He's just, once again, in the world of moonlighting, the LAPD is a curious force. Okay, in the real world, the LAPD has proven to be a curious force. But in this, it's... No, he handles the part well. It's just, yeah. again, the... The in and ins and outs of police work itself <laughs> is lacking. Yeah. It is, according to this, you come up with a story and you hope everything falls into place, yeah. which I'm going to assume occasionally is probably not locking the police, but everyone has their thing. Sometimes I guess that's what it is. You lock into a story and boy, did they do that here. So for an episode that we have a lot of problems with, we're going to have things to talk about. We would like to say we do not watch this as a hate watch. We sometimes just find ourselves watching this with some level of frustration. 
that would be this episode. We have varying levels of frustration in this episode, continue me, but I don't think either one of us would go, all right, now they're on track. Remember the train episode? That was a fun episode. That was a fun episode. That was. Let's, why don't we talk about the train episode? So Agnes had clearly never been in a train station before. Okay. They did have that that scene where they were eating and on the train. And <laughs> <laughs> You're saying it like a kid. Remember that time when we were walking down the street and I saw a cement truck? And, okay. You know where else you could eat? Whoa! Well done. We're not going to so pass good, up, right? Yeah, that was. We're not passing. That was up that this smoothness segue. we talked about earlier. Yeah, we're not passing up this segue. We're going all the way. Thank you, Kevin. Sure, because we're going to talk about moonlighting way too much, so we need to get the sponsor out of the way. We do because, although you know, maybe we should just talk about zinis. And speaking of zinis, which is the clumsy segue within this, that was our parenthetical segue. Anyway. Mooney's Never Say Die Hard is brought to you by Zini's Italian Restaurant, the only restaurant in America. Tired of waiting months, nay years, for a reservation at one of our restaurants? Then why not wait at your very own street corner for the Zini Mini, our brand new fleet of food trucks that rhyme much better in print than when said out loud. Capable of making every one of our hundreds of signature eggplant dishes, and also penny, each Zinni Mini is a full restaurant kitchen on wheels. Yes, these double-wide, three-story converted London bus behemoths of deliciousness, and also lemon wedges for your water, are heading your way right now. So long as you don't live near any sharp turns, gradual incline or downslope, God forbid a cul-de-sac, or any route that encompasses an overpass or approaching aircraft. Plus, each Zinni Mini is driven by our newest vibrant vegetable mascot, Greg Plant the Eggplant, who... Oh. Unlike some of our servers, we've been told, will not express any judgment on your order due to his complete absence of eyebrows and a mouth. So whether you like to eat indoors with a nearby restroom or outdoors hoping you can make it back to your office in time, Zini's Restaurant is now here, there, and everywhere. Zini's, we know where you live. Oh my goodness. So maybe we'll be able to eat at Zini's before we have uh, the reservation <laughs> at Zini's. <laughs> I, I I think there's going to be a lot of civic engineering issues coming in here. I think there's going to be a lot of I, I don't they know. They sound big. They they it sounds big. They 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 sound like a Disney cruise liner is coming down your street. Is it bigger than the restaurant itself? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because why would it need it? Because as far as I can tell from this copy, there's not seating. No. And there clearly isn't plumbing. Right. So. Is there something going on within Zinis within the truck? Are they shipping things we should not know about or they, or they don't want us to know about, I guess? Yeah, because, I mean, they don't have three floors of kitchens on that bus. Yeah, in fact, I don't know how one could. I'm beginning to think Zinis is making, Zinis has a side gig that they don't want us to know about. I mean, they would have to, because if they only do like one or two servings a night with their one table restaurant, how are they funding all of these pop-up food trucks? Maybe they're now the ones delivering the plutonium to Doc Brown and Back to the Future. I don't know. It's <laughs> Zedis is taken over for the Libyans. <laughs> <laughs> One of those lines that just ages so well in a movie. Also, I don't want to point this out, but they needed to bring in a male mascot for driving. Come on. Yeah, Zinis. that was that. Yeah, I think in their terms, maybe they were thinking 
listen, we've got two female mascots that we've had questionable copy for. Let's bring in our hero mascot, which unfortunately they made a male. Okay. Because they have one other male mascot, which is uh, the villain. Glowerpus. Glowerpus. Glowerpus the eggplant. Or just Glowerpus. I mean, maybe he hasn't assumed the, the surname of eggplant. But he is. Yeah, is Glowerpus an eggplant? I think he is. Glowerpus is an eggplant because we, when the image that we were at least shown, or we were told we would be shown, but described to at least, there was a grimace-like quality to Glowerpus. Yeah. But here, at least now that we know the absence of uh, eyebrows and a mouth, so even we kind of can be can we we I think we have our answer. They are large egg sentient eggplants. Yeah. They're not people within the eggplant now. The other question is how many Greg plants there are, and is I there mean, some one, sort of cloning lab or what's I going think there's on a here? cloning lab, definitely. Yeah. There are that, fields, almost like fields of regular eggplants, <laughs> but fields of sentient eggplants. Isn't this invasion of the body snatchers territory we're slowly walking walking ourselves into? <laughs> I, I mean, we're, we're in the fifties or seventies version. <laughs> I mean, but it's, what we're facing, I think Zinis is going to be the death of us all, but deliciously so. So eat at Zinis, whether at the restaurant or their mega restaurant, you can eat it. I don't want this in my neighborhood, yeah, which, is the, which sure is the this... worst line you can ever usually say, because that sounds like I just wrote something in a next door app. Oh, they're but not getting this... that. They're not getting that bus down my street. That's not <laughs> yeah. av- my street's yeah. tiny. Yeah, but, you know, out of context, that does sound like something you write in next door. I don't want this near me. (laughs) Not not in my backyard. Not in my backyard, which I'm afraid it's going to have to drive through. Yeah. There's no way that thing's finding parking on my city street. So we have to line up cars to drive next to. So, like, they're throwing the eggplant at the cars. We have to maintain (laughs) the same speed. Speed. With an open window (laughs) and a passenger to... Taking inertia into effect. Yeah, yeah, I guess. We're going to have to assume you have to have a passenger to catch on the other side near the driver, unless it's like a postal clerk who drives on the British, not drives on the British side, but the wheels on the opposite side. So they can get closer to the mailbox. So maybe Greg Plant, while driving on the right-hand side, has the wheel also on the right-hand side, so it can toss. Either that or every Tuesday and Thursday, we have to switch sides Oh, alternate Twice. side of the alternate side street. Parking. But then it drives back rules. the other way, probably, especially <laughs> if it is a if that thing hits a cul-de-sac, that thing's there for months. Oh, just 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 a, just, just at so an many angle, points of K turn. Yeah. yeah, because this is a converted London bus. This isn't a semi. You need all the room in the world. I don't even know how the London bus drivers do it. Imagine at double the width and add an extra. I don't know what. I don't know where they're getting their funds, which makes me think, yeah, there's a side Yeah, they're up to there's, something. They're up to something. So, eat at Zini's, our one sponsor, who we, we keep undermining. Who would have thought Who would have thought that our little podcast would be the sole promotional location of what will eventually be the end of civilization? End of civilization. <laughs> oh, I look mean, at us. Look at us. Look just... at us. Look what we've done. <laughs> All right, articulate arm to pat own back. We're part of the problem. Our whole lives spent worrying about upsetting any single living creature, taking down the entire universe. (laughs) I didn't see this coming. (laughs) We didn't see it coming, yet we always identified 2040 as the end of the world. I'm thinking it's earlier now. But but we've also... The rate this is growing? Yeah. The progress that ZDs makes on a weekly basis... (laughs) They're growing exponentially. 
this is we're hitting by and large territory here. We're yeah. hitting Wally. And as we've discussed, we've always we have talked on time to time what our jobs would be in a post-apocalyptic world. And they better need a new uh, mythology because that's all we can do. We can. Yeah. I mean, I can walk great distances and I'll be I'll be the idiot who actually comes back to report rather than just leave the <laughs> crumbling society because guilt would come. It's like I told them I'd tell them if there were monsters over the horizon. That, that would be it. Go over the horizon. Tell us what you see. Then I got a job that doesn't end. <laughs> I'll be happy with it. I'll be gnawing on some old eggplant because Zinis will be the sponsor of the post-apocalypse. <laughs> Anyway, eat at Zinis. Eat at Zinis. Enjoy. <laughs> it's easier now than ever, or far more complicated, depending on how you wish to look at it. Which brings us, in no fashion whatsoever, to today's episode. Which, in an episode in which David never shuts the hell up. Never. Never. No. Check our Instagram, Mooney's Never Say Die Hard, for an image that basically indicates David's conversational method you'll see you'll see we can kevin captures it perfectly but in an episode in which david never shuts the hell up a painting of maddie by someone maddie never met results in the death of two brothers the disappearance of the agency's slim profit margin <laughs> and a 10-minute exposition dump in a show that depending on your point of view ends with a gentle kiss to david or a gentle kiss off to the viewers your choice but it just kind of ends. They didn't even go back to the office this morning. It ends in a car. And usually <laughs> when something ends in the car, it's because you're driving off a cliff and you hold the hands. And at least even then you see the car flying. There's action. Hence, season two, episode eight, Portrait of Maddie, <laughs> yep. which was a not, which in no way was an Oliver Wilde. Oliver, did I just say Oliver? That's great. Jim. Yes. As an English major. And, uh, you know, we're keeping that mistake because I he should preferred feel, Ollie. He yeah. preferred Ollie. Oscar Wilde. Because, uh, no, I should wear that shame of that mistake as an albatross. That's it. That's my albatross. That is. Look, upside, <laughs> upside of the episode, they... They were they they are getting enough cases that they're making money. They are. I mean, they look were, at them. Good for them. them. They they made I think two thousand dollars, which I didn't do the uh, cal- the inflation calculator, but would be more than two thousand now. That's how yeah. inflation works. Maybe it's just 10, enough 000. to cover the thirty employees who got but names not, in this episode. So. <laughs> they were name checked in this episode. I mean, like five or six of them during. <laughs> A party where I thought they had spent the entire profit margin, a surprise party for Manny for celebrating the fact that they had gotten money. <laughs> I thought they had blown the entire profit margin on cheese Danish because it was just trays and trays oh, yeah. of what did not look like fresh cheese Danish <laughs> because it was probably shellac to hell for the camera and the lighting. I will say this, and, you know, we we are going to go right to the opening shot because it is an it's a it's an opening shot where we see all the photos of so many photos of Maddie, in truth, Sybil Shepherd's modeling career. Just photos, photos, photos on a wall that would initially lead you to think obsessive. And it's a scene with so that opens with so many photos of Sybil Shepherd, which in and of itself, no problem, but we're just saying, yeah, setting the thing. But in, given the nature, the background nature of the show, I would imagine this scene 
almost immediately had Bruce Willis's agent calling and saying, okay, but next episode, my client gets to sing five Motown songs. <laughs> it is an artist using these photos as reference, because as we just said earlier, the artist has never met Maddie, even though he is painting a portrait of Maddie. We're going to get to the quality of that portrait. But even though the portrait oh, of Maddie... Hold on, hold on. I think he needs to go out. There's a There's a smell going on. If you've just joined us, <laughs> there is a smell going on in our podcast brought to you by Drex, the dog who is also our OSHA agent and checking to make All sure right. we have enough railings in our podcast. I'll we'll be, be back. back after we'll be back after this. Yep. And we're back. Uh, Drax needed to use the exterior. So we're we're back. That's the phrase I'm going to use from now on, Kevin. <laughs> it's a highly problematic phrase when it's a human saying. <laughs> um, we are back. And we are leaving off with essentially the artist having all those photos. We see the portrait of Maddie. And then we realize the artist has, I do believe they say the artist, uh, Philip or Philippe. I guess. Yeah. Philip. Uh, shot himself in the heart. So a couple questions. Yeah. If you shoot yourself in the heart, and I'm not saying a suggestion, but if you shoot yourself in the heart, are you the wherewithal to kind of look at all the photos, look at your painting, admire the handiwork, and go with a smile? If you shoot yourself in the heart, did he have his back to the wall? Because there's a blood splatter on the wall. Right. So I don't know the direction of the bullet. Was he looking? He's admiring the photos and the painting, but that requires one direction. But the blood splatter, this is what happens when you watch too many yeah, yeah, yeah. is the other way. So did they do that to make you think maybe someone shot him? We're, we're going to blow up him. No one shot him. He shot himself. Um, is that the case? I, also, if you do shoot yourself, yeah. do you... If you get shot in the heart, I'm going yeah. to make the wild assumption you're going down pretty fast. Maybe not immediately, but you don't have the wherewithal to kind of look around, take one last check, and just wrap it up visually for yourself. Yeah. This, <laughs> I mean, first of all, he had paint in his veins. Like a a true artist. Oh yeah, that he he, he is pumping <laughs> cadmium red. <laughs> it was so red, <laughs> especially when you see that body on the on the floor. The uh, I love actually. I've got to tell you, I love the corpse taping in this episode. Oh, I took a picture of it because I, I'm trying to figure out what to do with it on Instagram. But I took a picture of it. It is beautiful, to be quite honest. The red smeared all over. Maddie's face was so reminiscent of Jack Nicholson's Joker walking around that art institute painting red smiles on all the paintings. Oh. Like it was just that red, that same bright Joker red. Now I'm remembering what little I can of uh, the Bat Dance. Wasn't that the song that was playing? That was in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a taped off corpse silhouette that never leaves the floor. I don't know how long you're supposed to leave a, a taped off corpse silhouette on the floor. But from what I've learned this from this episode, I'm going to assume 
after a period of 48 to 72 hours, you call the police and you ask permission to remove the tape. It's like, can I'm, I'm having people over. Can I? Can I? Because, you know, for me, it ends up somewhere in the foyer and then it gets embarrassing. But the corpse look clearly, I guess it's supposed to be him, the arm out, the gun on it, you know, gun in his hand. <laughs> the gun was in the the gun was in the tape drawing. <laughs> That the was tape, amazing. I the tape loved outline that. included the included gun. Included the gun. Because it looked like John Travolta had died in the middle of dancing in Saturday Night Fever. It was the point, <laughs> yeah. but in this case, a gun, with again, a gi- another giant, a huge splash of cadmium red. Nothing looked like blood in this. Nothing looked dark. Everything looked bright. I'm going to yeah. tell you, this taped off corpse and there'll be another one people but this taped off course was the true artistic masterpiece of this episode because it was not the painting so again we're going to tell you there is a portrait of maddie where she is sitting at a desk looking at her reflection and you know i'm not saying it should be a post on like weird art finds on facebook page but it's not great i would have really preferred something that was like if you're going to go like this, it would have been great if we did something really 80s. Like we see the portrait and it's a Keith Haring. Yeah. Or a Mark Estabio. You know what? Screw it. I don't know. Fido Dido. That would have been fun. I'm just doing all 80 <laughs> references now. Look up Fido Dido. You may remember it used to be like seven up commercials. But you're you're right. You would not have the wherewithal to look around after you shoot yourself in the heart and see the thing that you needed most. Also, uh this painting is it not evidence is this this painting not evidence because (laughs) this painting gets just handed over left and right i you would assume the moment the police come in which is our aforementioned dan loria comes in everything in that studio is in lockdown mode yeah but everyone has access to this studio apparently Easily. I don't even see police do not cross tapes at this point. I don't see ca- caution, clear doubt. You know, I see nothing. Yeah. So Matt, Maddie gets called down by Wonder Years' dad to answer questions because there's nothing but pictures of Maddie everywhere at this place. And there's a dead body. So okay. I have a question right up. Yeah. I know she is of a level of fame. I mean, enough of a level of fame that we learn she doesn't have to pay parking meters. But I know she is of a level of fame <laughs> that people know. But unless there's a name around, would they look at all this and go, it's Maddie, let's give her a call? What's she and, up to these days? <laughs> what's she up to today? Why don't we give her a call and see? But would they be able to piece that together from the photos? Maybe. Maybe they I'm have sure the name people. is on at least one of those magazine pictures. Yeah, but... Would it be? Because let's be honest, she is a model. There wouldn't be articles about her. She would be modeling things. She would be in ads, usually an ad. Sometimes, nowadays, sometimes they'll say the model's name on the bottom, but that's usually on the screen like in New York City when you see it, and, they, and if they're a celebrity. But she, usually with the model, you wouldn't. She also said that they had pictures from the society pages that she didn't know about. Okay, and in that case, yeah. Yeah, 
Maybe she had like a maybe there was an article about her in an old woman's wear daily from the eighties and they yeah. picked up on it. And yeah, because they would do the society page. It's not her standing next to Truman Capote. I think Truman Capote's dead by this point. But uh yeah. I I gotta go back to the painting though. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that it's bad. And at least at this point, when I am writing this note, because I assume this painting's supposed to have true artistic merit. There are other reasons for it that when you think half a second later, you're like, okay, I see. Um, the way Maddie is seated at the mirror, her reflection doesn't make sense. Her hand doesn't match the hand in the reflection in any regard. Also, the vases are ugly. But that's me being. <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw the last one out there. Everything yeah, because... else was like true criticism. <laughs> true criticism. But then this one is like. The yeah. vases were also ugly. Okay, I'm going to give you true criticism here. So. The reflection doesn't match. And I'm looking at it. I did have to look up the painting. I remember the painting, but I'm not going to be so much that I can recall the title of the painting. So there's an Edouard Manet's painting, which is a bar at, and I apologize to everyone who speaks French, Foyer Berger. I got that wrong, and I know that. I do remember the painting, though, because I remember it from numerous art classes, where it's the barmaid who looks directly at the viewer, but the reflection on the mirror behind her is a completely different angle. Now, there's been a lot of written, and I studied a lot of this painting, and you don't know if it's the imagined interaction she has with customers as opposed to the actual sh interaction she is having with you, the viewer. This is the other world where she's interacting with customers because she's like, on. Oh, it's a three-quarter in the mirror. It doesn't make sense. So I thought, maybe this is what they're going with. Or maybe, as mirrors are often in paintings, it's a reflection on the reality we we have to face because... It's sort of like when you accidentally do the reverse on your camera for the selfie and you're, and you're not ready for it. It's like, oh, dear God. You know, maybe <laughs> it's that. But, you know, okay. this is more the inner truth as opposed to the outer. I really should just shave today. Um, or is it, in a way, just kind of a crappy painting? I don't know. Is it the worst painting you're ever going to see? No. Is it something that you're going to pay $5 for in some sort of, uh, you know, when you go to those things in their booths in and they all have the little numbers and, you know. In the history of our moonlighting watching, which is uh -huh. somehow only 14 episodes, it, I, I, <laughs> I will say that <laughs> the answer to your question is it is just a crappy painting because <laughs> every time I try or we try to dig deeper into any crazy theory that we get, other than the large one, because he is a kid inside of a human body or adult and he, body. And he is the uh, the, <laughs> the, the family of the ground round. Yeah, he is the heir yeah. to the ground round fortune. But other than that, and Maddie's super strong. We forgot yeah, that, yeah, one that is true. But other than those three things, every other deep dive that we've done has gone nowhere. So your art theory is, while interesting, definitely not what they were going for. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to agree with you. But to bring back the point, so the cop brings in and uh, Lieutenant Dan Loria, Lieutenant Kevin's dad. <laughs> yeah. Kevin was the kid in Wonder Years. Lieutenant um, Arnold. Yeah, L Lieutenant Arnold. Thank you. <laughs> Lieutenant Kevin Arnold's dad. But we're going to say Lieutenant Arnold and we're probably just going to say Lieutenant and eventually that's going to turn into officer. He is so much of a mind that she has something to do with this, that Maddie has something to do with this. Because he even says at one point, he, he says that he was a creative writing major, which as a creative writing major doesn't guarantee you anything. 
And that he says he had a whole story for the suicide already written in his head, because that's police work. <laughs> it reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Chief Wiggum is interviewing someone and he keeps on. So did you did you do it? <laughs> did you do it? It's and again, it was sort of the police officer like the earlier episode with uh, David's old girlfriend, Dana Delaney, where the cop is almost like, you know, if you could sign this admission of guilt, that would really speed up. the <laughs> yeah, Because I got to get home in time to watch <laughs> The Bold and the Beautiful. It's just that kind of feel to it. If you decide that Maddie didn't do it, although I would say by the way that she's answering questions, she's suspicious. If she you don't know zero service. Yeah. If you if you don't know Maddie, like we all know Maddie, who watched right. the show and you're just Lieutenant Dan Loria. Uh, Lieutenant Dan. That's Lieutenant what we're going Dan. With. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> we got it. Well, done, if you're Marcus. just Lieutenant Dan, then that she is suspicious. I got the whole time she's acting. I'm like, Maddie, you're making it seem like you did something wrong. <laughs> like you could just be shocked. I'm sure it's unnerving to be yeah. in this room and definitely not flattering. Like Lieutenant Dan is trying to make it seem it is a creepy room to walk into. If you are, if you have no idea what's going on, yeah. like Maddie and you're brought into this room with wall to wall pictures of your face and a dead body on the ground. I mean, it's just the outline, but if you're <laughs> at a crime scene that's covered in your face, it is not flattering. <laughs> there is, it is blood. Scary. There's a corpse outline. Yeah. Beautiful corpse outline. Love it. That's my favorite corpse outline of any show movie. Oh, yeah. But yeah. That's the picture. There, a, a portrait of you, of someone you have never met. It's sort of like what they would say in true crimes. Like when the police show up, you should be kind of startled the police show up at your house. Like if the police were to knock in here, I'd be thoroughly surprised. But when you're not. Yeah. So yeah. she didn't show the level of surprise. I don't know. She, she, to your point, yes, her behavior was off, and the cop, being a police officer within the moonlighting world, is the one of the lines that says, you know, it must be odd finding out someone you didn't even know was staring at was you know staring at pictures of you, and it's this. It's, but you know what? Kind of realistic, kind of yeah. dick, kind of dickish, yeah. but kind of realistic. But I think that's what it would. It's a possibility. Um, also, on the other hand, the cops also say, you know, it's just now it's just going to be a painting that will probably end up. I'm looking at the line because I wrote down yeah. painting that will end up hanging over someone's bar. It's like, is that a critique of the painting of men? <laughs> because now we're, now we're going full on dickish. <laughs> And, over I mean, the uh, urinal at, some, at the <laughs> anvil yeah it yeah. can't all be sports pages over a pub's bar urinal sometimes you want a picture of a pretty lady and <laughs> but it's just again it's not the best painting but that's not but before even this is Maddie would had good news. We start this episode with good news. Or we start, we go, well, we, we don't start the episode with good news. We start the episode with a guy just shooting himself in the heart and somehow surviving long enough to. There was a true crime thing where they're interviewing the person who clearly is guilty. The investigator is asking questions and the person answers with, has the response of, I saw him shoot himself in the head five times. <laughs> and I think I might've mentioned this because it's just something, but the, the I've never actually seen an investigator start their thing by laughing. 
Because <laughs> usually, I, think that, <laughs> yeah. it was like, I gotta tell you, usually one seems to be enough. And the other person goes, I know. Like, I share your shock. I kept seeing this. <laughs> this is the the hard thing going back. I just, I, I think not. I think not. Shenanigans. But Maddie actually got good news before this call came. I mean, but David wouldn't shut the hell up because they showed a profit. Remember, she's yeah. going through the old the old yeah. calculator. I wanted her to be wearing the little green visor you see in movies whenever they do calculation. Yeah. And they got it. And she's happy. And David's suggestion is either by matching crocodile suitcases, briefcases or matching crocodiles. But everything's a joke. It's constant. He just won't stop. I was exhausted four minutes into this episode. Yeah. And then I, they hug and he puts his hand on her on her butt. I just he he was too much David he was this episode much. he's already too much yeah and they found a way to make him more too much Maddie while I'm talking on the phone to the police the way David's going he might as well have been a five-year-old kid go mom 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 that was David this entire time mom 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 but with what we assume were supposed to be jokes he puts the hand in the butt. Here's the line exchange, which is the beginning of our fourth wall breaking. Maddie, David gets serious. David, I just put my hand in your butt. If I get any more serious, they're going to switch us to cable. It's not a bad line. It's a fun line. No, it's, it's fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, you, get a, you get a good old nod to the days of Skinamax, you know. I Exhausting. I couldn't bring myself. What I usually do for this podcast is I watch the episode on Friday and I take my notes. And then on Monday, I find time to watch it a second time. We're and dedicated I spent, people. I spent most of Monday night doing anything else because I couldn't. My brain wouldn't let me do it. Like, I just couldn't bring myself to watch. And it was because of this scene with yeah. Bruce Willis or David and Maddie and yeah, it's not not Bruce Willis. This is no. given what he's working with. Yeah, you know. it's the it's the way too much when they find out about the profit, and it's the way too much after she gets back from the crime scene, and it's the way too much when he's throwing the party for the profits. It's just it was too much, David. All he, episode. He was a very hyperactive. I've eaten nothing but frosted flakes for the last eleven days level of this i mean he does mention that you know it's friday let's go for a drink she says it's monday what did i do all weekend did i sleep here at the office and like probably that's your office yeah but he doesn't he shaved, have a home which meant yeah. he shaved which meant he actually went back to his dumpster because probably where he keeps <laughs> his razors now maddie we're going to say maddie not going to say so much maddie's character becomes a little problematic because she feels sorry that this guy was obsessed with her yeah. And what must have been going through. And it becomes a curious Maddie character decision that the writers do. We're not putting this on the shoulders of the actor. But where she'll become romantic over this. Maddie is often very, I only see the good in people when that person may in fact be a, a long-time assassin. Um. I only see, and it's like, what must he been doing? Think, thinking about me. What must have been going through? So Maddie gets a little self-involved in this episode. 
By which <laughs> yeah. I mean a lot of self-involved yeah. in this episode. By which I mean, oh ye gods, Maddie. Yeah, I... <laughs> All right. I... Look, I don't know why the painting goes to the gallery the next day. Like, Lieutenant I... Dan says this painting has to get to the gallery tomorrow. No, it has <laughs> to go into police locker room. Yeah, it's it's evidence. It's everything in that room, including the cadmium red blood, is evidence. Everything. I mean, that blood was bought at a Utrecht art store. I mean, I'm just going to say a Lee art store. That's where it came from. It came from no heart. Maddie, on the other hand, goes to the gallery, where, as you said, no one works really? at the gallery. I don't know no who one she paid the for the painting. She walked. I mean, you go to a gallery. And somebody usually greets you pretty quickly because they have nothing else to do with their oh, whole day. They it's usually like, look at you and nod and go back to the computer. Yeah. But when they see you're looking around with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no one buys, she somehow buys it. She just left. She like pinned the $2,000 to the wall where the painting <laughs> was and then walked away with it. <laughs> also strange that the paintings weren't exactly what the profits were. I... It's like, how much you got for this? I have $2,000. That's what it's worth. That's what it's worth. That's because, what it's worth. <laughs> because Maddie doesn't know how to bargain. But I actually have a separate theory. Because when she, okay. goes to the, when she goes to the gallery and parks, and they clearly show a parking meter, nothing. Yeah. Because if you are painting famous, yeah, you are not paying for parking meter. So when you go, okay, one, when you go into a gallery and you find a painting of yourself, what would you do? I mean, aside from standing by the painting until someone walks by and goes, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I would probably check the price and judge myself worth accordingly. I don't think that would help in this regard. To, and, you know, if you're two thousand, if you're worth two thousand dollars. But I do assume she just took the painting off the wall. Yeah. And walked home with it, because if you are painting famous, you're that. But also, I think there's something else where I think the law is if the painting is about you. It's yours. It's yours, yeah. <laughs> I think I also yeah. think the same but you know, you can go with that. I also think the same happens with mirrors. If you're at someone's house and you see a reflection of yourself in the mirror, that mirror's yours. <laughs> Essentially, if it involves you in a frame, you can walk home with it. <laughs> and That's she did. the law. And she did. I don't th I love the idea that she pinned two thousand dollars <laughs> to the wall, but I I think she just maybe threw it over she maybe she did, she threw it over her shoulder because she does say she paid for it. But I also would have believed that she just walked in and said, That's me, and then you know, simple goodbye, <laughs> give a hard look, yeah, that is her, and then you walk away. Yeah. And then she goes home and just stares at the painting, drinking red wine next to her white couch, because no one has sofa <laughs> etiquette in anything. Anything we watch. We, we, Kevin and I are big proponents of sofa etiquette, by which we mean we're not saying, you know, how much room you get or the cat gets to keep it all, but try not to eat red sauce or red, have red wine. Yeah. You know, try, don't, don't eat there. Maybe snacks, but, and she just stares at it. And I understand being mesmerized by the fact that someone, if, if I I'm willing to give Maddie the, the idea that she is just searching for why. And she's not I obsessed with that. her own image. I don't think I, so. I, I, I will I, say. I do agree with that. Yeah. It is confusing that somebody would be that interested in you. It's yeah. concerning, too. And, I and think then, the word disconcerting would be the most yeah, yeah. appropriate and, word. Yeah. And so she's trying to figure out 
what the whole deal was and maybe by having the painting it'll help somehow but it whatever it's no and i i i agree and you know it's you know she is sitting there she's looking at the painting for me i can pretty it's not like she put on the you know some old montavani record and is just sitting there <laughs> no, she's getting a little romantic and cozy with the paintings like you and i just <laughs> you and i okay but uh, we do get a shot another scene of the house as we slowly go down to the uh, living room which is going to get completely ransacked and more it's going to get more ruined than she could have ever done with soup or wine but when you see that staircase it's very much like i think maddie's living in the guggenheim <laughs> i didn't know where we were I, but it was I, but it was going I had a feeling where where we were i, I didn't it, know narratively uh, it was the only choice like, is I this could maddie's think. house because we don't see many other places in the yeah. show but i wasn't sure but yeah when she goes back Next day, she's greeted with a surprise party, which I think they would have blown it. What can we use money? She admits that she spent the money. I understand David being upset. I understand that it's her money. And uh, but none of this matters because it's all just a bridge because Philip has a brother. That's I'm just going to put it (laughs) has a brother. Yeah. And And the the brother brother comes and Maddie immediately becomes Maddie when she's around us, a sketchy individual. <laughs> You're the best person ever. Come to my house. Oh. Come to my house right now. Yeah. yeah. Why not? You know, I remember when the early on the Internet, I would say had the Internet been around when I was a kid, I would have been abducted in 11 seconds. Hey, you want to see this? I do. I do. Yay! <laughs> that would have been the story of. And your chess. name is George Lucas. Okay. <laughs> oh wow! I always <laughs> liked your movies. You know, I went to see Howard the Duck. No, no, we can talk about this car. I gotta tell you, I was really disappointed in Howard the Duck. But then again, I no, no, we can talk about this when I pick you up in my van. Shut up, Chez. <laughs> I. Oh, we should mention. Okay. Of all the other things we mentioned about the painting, the one thing we forgot to mention is that this painting is called Charles's Treasure. Okay, yeah, yeah. And the brother who shows up, Charles, who's been away in Europe, he went to Europe. But yeah, she <laughs> yeah. brings Europe, the country of Europe. It's not always just the country of Africa in a story, people. Sometimes it's the country of Europe. She brings him home. What I I'm assuming is Go ahead. I need please. to talk about bringing him home. That's so a she, lot. She brings him home to see the painting, which I'm willing to just look past. But the biggest I red got a flag... toy. You want to see my new toy? I got a toy. Let's go to <laughs> my house and play with my new toy. Yeah. The, the biggest red flag for me with this man, Charles, was by the time she turns the light on in her own house that she let him in, he is two dark. rooms over. Yeah. <laughs> he is in the dark, walked straight through her house. If you're brought to someone's house, you don't immediately start walking. <laughs> this guy's a Talk problem. slams open <laughs> and just like an automaton mode. You just go yeah. straight ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like his face has been pressed against the front door and his feet are moving. And she just has, once she opens the front door, there he goes. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like I started a, like a, him up. I got to let him go till he, till he gets tired. It's just like a background <laughs> character in a very old video game. They didn't know exactly what to do with him. So you just see them thunk, thunk, thunk. Um, yeah, Maddie should have been like, excuse me. I I mean, this, this is my house. <laughs> Maddie, first of all, should have said, 
should never have said, why don't you come to my house? If she's going to do that, you bring the nearest adult, which by which I mean Agnes, not David, but someone else. Or Jurgensen. Or Jurgensen, one of those people who get name checked in this episode, one of the other workers. Yeah, I like, yeah, I don't know where, I, I put it here because I don't know where to frame it. It's like you put it over your uh, mantelpiece. It's like, I'm really working what's going to go with the flow of this room and how it's going to go. <laughs> uh, what's going to bring out the best of me in this painting? And he goes on this story about how he and his brother were kind of obsessed with her when they were on a trip in Paris because she reminded her home, which if you want to talk, at this, later on, we have to question any of the reality of this, but if Matt, Maddie at this point should be swimming in a pool of red flags like Scrooge McDuck with coins. <laughs> like, there is nothing going on here that should give her any reason to think this is OK. She's the little dra- dog in the firehouse going. This is OK. This is fine. This, this is, is fine. fine. This is fine. <laughs> she should be drowning in panic sweat. Yeah. Yeah. And yet she's and- like nice backpacking story. That was lovely, the story where you said you you were both obsessed with me, you and your brother, the brother being the one who painted this, the brother being Philip, you being Charles, this being called Charles Treasure. Would you like the painting? Here it's yours. I spent our only profit margin on it. Maddie is a kid who opened a card from grandma, got that $100 bill, and oh dear God, the amount of candy you're going to spend on it. <laughs> There's no financial wisdom, whatever. Nah. Or thinking there's that $100 bill. I'm going to give it to the first person I'm going to see because tomorrow I'm going to get another card from grandma, right? Right. It's a harsh lesson when you realize those cards from grandma are only come once a year. You you, have, <laughs> you, are, you are not on salary with your grandparents. And that somehow I think Mandy's acting like, oh, wow, I didn't know. I guess I'm hired. I guess grandma hired me for something. I wonder what I do. So... Stupid Maddie gives the painting <laughs> to Charles and Charles takes it to Philip's house or whatever and dies right on top of the the original chalk outlining. Because when Lieutenant Dan <laughs> yep. calls Maddie in the middle of the night to come on over, the body is there. Yeah. Hey, it's almost like Lieutenant Dan saying, you want to see a dead body? This is stand by me. You want yeah. to go see a dead body? Come on over. I got a dead body. Lands almost exact. Not exactly, but I didn't know. The body lands on top of it in such a way that I thought, was he trying to assume the same position when he <laughs> must die? die like my brother? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But to be helpful, they do use red tape this time. Yeah. The brother also bleeds cadmium red because, as we'll find out, the brother was an international art thief. Yeah. Very common in stories. And he had not come back from Europe. He had come back from jail. Ugh. Jail. Not that you should you should have a life after jail and prison. You do your time. Yes, you should be welcome back to society. But this guy went straight for the painting. He's no good. He didn't learn his lesson. He didn't learn his lesson. Again, I do have the question, how long do you leave tape on a floor? Because eventually, I think I that think is it's an only, actual legitimate it's question. Been, it's probably been it's, 24 hours. Yeah, maybe 48. Yeah, we're not yeah. really. Um, and besides besides the painting, I mean, there's all the rest of the evidence is there. Everything's fine. Not that the, not that the painting's important, considering two people have died over it. 
Two so, people have had possession after what should have been locked up in, in some sort of uh, cage. And, and they even when <sighs> they go back to the police station and David comes to pick up Maddie from the police station with Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan says he was checking to see if there was something behind the painting of you. So there was like a smudge or like painting was removed. Paint yeah, was removed I mean, from the painting or whatever. He's like, here, take the painting. She gets to leave with this thing that has to be the most important piece of evidence in Lieutenant Dan's police career. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is right there. Clearly, there is something there that Charles, the moment he got a painting, just emptied a bottle of isopropyl alcohol on it to just get all the painting off because he's thinking there must be something behind it. Because at this point, he couldn't drop a little paint remover on the vases, right, Chess? Yeah, not, they were ugly. <laughs> they were so ugly. They, I, and pointless. I don't know. We now know we do learn what the purpose of this painting is. But at the point when we're supposed to think this is a painting, and as Lieutenant Dan earlier says, why would he kill himself when his career was going so well? It's like his career was going so well that he was taking out photos from a magazine to do. What was the sign that we, we're told repeatedly that Philip's career was on the rise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't a starving rise. artist. He wasn't a starving yeah. artist because he actually could afford the rent for an art studio, which admittedly eh, is cost prohibitive sometimes. So maybe that is the case of it. But because he wasn't sharing it with 11 other people. But there is a scene when David comes in and interrupts and Dan, Lieutenant Dan says, you know, you can't just burst in here like that. And David says, oh, no, tell the writers. So we're doing our fourth yeah, wall break. Yeah. I'm fine with the fourth wall break. But. To the point that this painting could just be handed off. To the point that everyone seems to have access to everything and it doesn't matter who's holding anything. When you get to that line, you can tell that's the moment, the fourth wall breaking moment, the logic breaking moment where the writers are so drunk with what they can. They just realize we can justify anything. They are now drunk with power. Yeah. Any decision that happens now is because, well, this is a story. Yeah. It's a TV show. It's not a story. It's a TV show. And there's a lot of fun to be had with that, but you got to do it in a measured fashion. And I think we are still working under the belief that it becomes such a driving force of the show that this show becomes fun in a, in a completely different way. Yeah. And because I do remember enjoying this show. This was not one of those episodes. I, so let's finish up because we got the we're at the end. So we're at the end. Wrap this so, tight. so they get to the Maddie and David go back to Maddie's house. And they find it trashed by just an awesome guy. <laughs> like, I like this guy a lot. Oh, he was so, fun. He was such a weirdo. Eddie. So, so. Was he Paul Long Rudd? story short. I think that was Paul Rudd. I think that was who so Paul, Paul Rudd. So Paul Rudd is in the show, but not the Paul Rudd you're not thinking the Paul of. Rudd there was another know. Paul Rudd, yeah. which is why the Paul Rudd you're probably thinking of had to use his middle name. For the beginning of his career because yeah. sag you can only, remember how there were two vanessa williams and the vanessa williams you're probably thinking of had that l and then eventually she thought i'm a little too famous for this yeah. she said screw it yeah so the the whole thing is that there's this very very famous painting that the they duchess. took the duchess that they took from some french, french museum, museum and they were gonna wait for time to pass for the trail to go cold and the people trying to find the Duchess painting to and then up. sell it. Yeah. 
just like the police. They should have done. They should have stole stuff in L.A. They don't care. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> there's a Vermeer that was stolen 30 something years ago from a Boston museum. They're still looking for it. That trail hasn't gone cold. So I like. So this is the curator of that museum. The curator of who, that museum. They who got the became painting. friends with Charles the art thief. Yeah. And he's the art thief brought it up. And because he's a curator, I did not know this about curie curating a museum but this is okay. good to know yeah. if you're the curating museum apparently you get to walk off with things yeah it doesn't even have to be like we discussed <laughs> the law is clearly if it's a painting yeah. of you or a portrait you get to walk off with it but i'm assuming the duchess is not of him but because he's a you could probably bring it home decorate yeah, the apartment just, uh, yeah which is weird because a couple months ago they had a new york times article where there was someone who was donated a lot of money in art to the Metropolitan Museum, but she had so much of it in her house that she used it as decorating the foyer. And the only reason this came about because eventually Egypt said, we want our stuff back. <laughs> and in order to get rid of the stuff, they basically cleaned out our apartment, except for maybe two rolls of toilet paper. Everything belonged to another country. <laughs> but apparently here, if you're a curator, you get to walk off with it and you get to hide it. Yeah, so they hide it so that waiting for the trail to go cold and then they were going to sell it on the black market or whatever and make a fortune and, and live out their lives happily. But unfortunately, while Philip's career is on the rise and he because Phil, Phil, Charles went to get his brother, Philip, the painter into it. And he said, ah, um, on the rise, that's when Philip, that's when Charles of the Charles treasure of the one who came to Manny's house is arrested. Yeah, the plan goes a little hard. So this curator assumes there is a hint of what's going on in the painting. There's got to be a reason, because at this point, everyone is telling Maddie, there's got to be a reason they painted you aside from you. Yeah. Which admittedly is a little demoralizing, and I get that. And it's a little hard to understand. I mean, to grasp when you've been going, he loved me so much for 40 <laughs> minutes of the episode. And Maddie says, look, there's a desk in there. There is. It's the desk that's holding the two ugly vases. There's a drawer in the desk with the two ugly vases. Maybe there's something in that desk. And he says, oh, that's a real thing? Yeah, so they go they go check the desk. The desk has some receipt for, I don't know a what storage that process unit. is. It's, it's yeah, got a bill of lading, which is actually usually means it's on a cargo ship. But in this case, okay. we're going to say it's a storage unit. Yeah. And so he was going to, he left them there to go. He tied, he, he tied them up and and let them and then went to go find it. And at the I'm going to say again, he was fun. This character was Very fun. fun. He held a gun fun. Like, he held a gun like fun. a little he, sideways, like it was like matter of fact, like he was holding a like a snifter of brandy. That's yeah, how he held I mean, a gun. Like, he, he was fun. perfect. He, yeah. he was great. He even said, you know, I, I told you I've never killed anyone. I don't know if now, but, you know, he was just having a little fun. He ties him up. He's. Except for the fact that he destroyed a living room that Maddie really could use that now $2,000 and change to repair that couch so she can drink wine on it and soup on it again. But so long story short, the Maddie sits the, at the desk after the, Maddie sits after at the desk like she does in the painting. The 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 reflection, if she looks at the mirror in the painting or in a real mirror, the same way that she looks at the mirror in the painting she can see a reflection that shows outside the window of the loft or the artist loft area that uh, a sign that says painting with an arrow. It's like a car detailing painting place and the arrow points to somewhere. So she right. decides that's maybe where the painting is because it's an arrow that says painting. 
and sure, why not? I, how fun, but how Philip thought Charles was going to put this together, I have no idea. No, not especially no. since the painting was supposed to go to the gallery, since Philip called the gallery and said the painting's done, which means there's a chance. Let's assume if since he's on the rise, someone would have bought that painting. That painting was going to move further and further away from Philip. Yeah, he should not have been painting it for a gallery. He should have just been painting it. Why he had to sell it to a gallery, especially if he's doing well. This one could have, you know, at a certain point, you're successful enough. Like one for a gallery, one for me. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> No. So they go down to where the arrow is pointing. Oh, real fast. Before that, she makes David confirm that the reflection says painting. David has to do the pose. This was an this was a whole minute that we could have saved ourselves. I don't know why we needed to see David recreate the pose to see what the mirror showed. I don't. Because it's like earlier, this episode felt so long and it had it had enough David already. We didn't need more David. And they did a thing which had done before, like back at the house with the curator. Who was really necessary for us to get through this episode, I'm going to tell you. But yeah. back at the thing, it says a clue, a clue, a clue, a clue, the clue, the clue, the clue. They do this who's on first thing with the word clue that I'm Absolutely. not even going to go through all thing. That made me look at my watch, not for the time, but for the month. <laughs> <laughs> so they go down to where the arrow's pointing, and it's pointing at a rain gutter on the side of this car detailing place. Because if there's any place that you want to keep prized Art. painting, it is in a storm dream. Now, <laughs> like it's is just it... where like the most what like it doesn't rain a lot in California, I guess. I don't know, but it it's gotta it's gotta be a better place to hide it. You know what? The... But but it has rained a lot in this show in California. Yeah, that's true. And also, yes, it is in a tube. And is anyone who knows any tube where are you know it's not clearly not in the frame. It's wrapped up in a tube. But those tubes are cardboard. Yeah. That thing, the Duchess should be destroyed by this yeah. point. It should be utterly ruined. They find it. The cop comes. Turns out the cop also wants the painting. Which is why he's repeatedly been giving it away so he can't but, have any clues. I don't know. Why, where did this come from? Nowhere. Where, where did this idea? Because at no point he's a genuine cop. It's not yeah. like it's not like we brought in Lieutenant Dan to work this art thing because he know he's good at art crime. Yeah, he came he, from he, a different precinct. Yeah, so yeah. We haven't double checked him. Yeah. And suddenly he's what did this painting. But I guess maybe he thought if I keep giving it back to Maddie, their detectives, they will lead me to it. Yeah, so that means fine. he has been following them because he shows up immediately. So he followed them to when they went there. He's been following them the whole time. Yeah. I assume he has zero other cases because how many cases could a cop have in L.A.? None. I would assume 700 or zero. But, you know, but, at most they have one annoying case each. So he shows up. There's a befuddled auto detailer who's there, a painter. That poor guy. That poor guy. That poor guy. Both that poor guy in the reality of the show and the actor. That poor guy. Yeah. And David steals a car. David drives into a thing of buckets, and they all get covered they in shoot paint. All the the paint. paint. They like shoot all the paint. He shoots paint can after paint can. All I was thinking was, my dad loves the movie The Jerk. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, he must hate these cans. Yeah, he must hate them. That's all I kept thinking. <laughs> the whole Thank time, because he just kept shooting paint cans that were easily five feet above the heads of Maddie and David. I know it's I, just so that Maddie and David get covered in, or no, not even that. It's so that Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis get covered in paint for the audience. But it's... He must hate these kids. That's all he I kept hearing in my That's, head. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I'm glad I kept quiet so I could see if you thank you so much. That was exactly <laughs> what was going through my head. I And while I'm watching it and they're covered in paint, I'm saying, Oh God, I really they're not gonna just end covered in paint like they were covered in cream pies. And then it ended with them covered in paint. In paint in the I car. guess in opposite in opposition of the cream pie episode they were still wrestling with the guy with the gun when the episode ended at least lieutenant dad passed out yeah when this and episode they, ended i'm assuming they called the police we don't have to see everything like in a movie you don't have to see someone drive from the house and drive all the way to their destination we're going to assume they called the police Number one, Paul Rudd is still out there. <laughs> Paul Rudd is out there, and he's coming back. He's they coming know back. That. He's coming back because he didn't get what he wanted. Yeah. I assume that they are returning the painting. Maybe there's a reward. Maybe more money's coming in. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Maddie's going to show up at the at the Blue Moon Detective Agency with a giant wall of blood splattered pictures of herself. I got <laughs> exactly. it for I got it for the reward, buddy. <laughs> you could have just taken it off the wall. <laughs> Apparently, David saying, you know, because she, she, Maddie's upset because that meant the painting wasn't about her at all. It had nothing to do with her. I can understand in one way. I can also understand in a get over yourself kind of way. Both ways I can go with. Um, because the sign of sanity is that you hold two opposed, diametrically opposed thoughts at the same time, right? No, but yeah. I mean, I can I can go with both. And David said, had said earlier that, you know, there are a lot of people who obsess or a lot of people who have been thinking of you. And Maddie's last line is like, you know, tell me. About, it's almost like the cartoon, the old Bugs Bunny. Tell me more about my eyes. So it's yeah. like, you know, tell me more about this. David is. She blows him a kiss. Not blows him a kiss, but gives him like a soft kiss. Yeah, yeah, Not like, on the cheek. Just yeah, yeah, from just a like a, yeah, a yeah. pandemic kiss. It's from a distance. Sure. Yeah. And. It's. Stops and here uh, the episode are. just ends. We get produced by or directed by Jay Daniel. No and that one goes was back to the office. I guess Nothing. they figured they had three scenes at the office. That was more than necessary. The office is still partying, though, right? Oh, God, yeah, because they are still <laughs> expecting something. They're going there. I bet we're going to get a jacuzzi, you know, and it's just. Jurgensen's Jer still at garage sales. <laughs> Hold on. I just, I'm, he's just waiting. Can I use your phone? I have to call for the money. Yeah, exactly. Hold this. Do not sell this. Do not sell. Just put, put a little green sticker. That means it's mine. <laughs> put the little green sticker. That's Jerkison's sticker. That's mine. <laughs> and I, I wonder how much it cost them for David to sing a song from West Side Story. Oh yeah. He did get to do that. Good he for did him. Get to, he yeah. didn't get to do a lot in this episode. So <laughs> David, David so, was almost uh, mute. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad he got to do that. I'm glad I'm glad David got some attention. Mom, 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 mom. <laughs> That's him this entire episode. Grief. Mom. I <sighs> and the cop was crooked for the sake of crooked 
I mean, they, it couldn't be what it could have been, although there <laughs> wouldn't have been enough time unless they struggled for getting out of whatever the curator tied them in with the uh, nice piece of cloth. The curator could have come back and said it wasn't fair. There wouldn't have been enough time. But instead, we got crooked cop only because the cop was unlike other cops in the Moonlight thing. He did play a significant role in this episode. Yeah. And he a significant role at a time when Wonder Years might have just this is probably right before Wonder Years started. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. But they got a good actor playing a role of some significance in the episode. Oh, Again, yeah. very ex, not the way they wrote him, but he would have been a very believable cop. The guy was a good actor and he would have been yeah. a very no, believable he, cop. He he does very well with this material. It's yeah. just that this material is just did it disservice to the actor. Let's Where did he come from? To... That's what I'm wondering. He just, <laughs> did he come through the other storm drain? Was there another one that he slid down like, wee, out, and he just showed up? What, is, is there a law, you know, like in the law, if it's about you, even a reflection, you get to walk off with it. Does spontaneous generation happen in this world? It's like, bam, he Dan Laurie. He put a tracker in the painting. I'd almost be willing to believe that. <laughs> I'd almost... Give them that one just to give us a reason. But it doesn't give him a reason why he's suddenly crooked cop who could have easily kept the painting with it near him at the precinct the whole time. And he was three days from retirement. Three, too. three days from retirement. Oh, well, that usually means you're going to get shot. But yeah, but yeah <laughs> he, he had it. He had a great career that he pissed away at the last possible moment, only be dumped in multiple latex paint. <sighs> <sighs> But yeah, I, I mean, I think because uh, I almost just got Limbo Rock out of my brain. I think Cousin Larry is the guest star in the next episode of Moonlighting. Oh, Atlas Belched. Yeah. Which is what happens when you combine Ayn Rand and gastronomical disturbance disorder, <laughs> which I'm going to tell you actually is pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Objectivism will destroy your insides and your soul, but also your tum tum. Um, but that is our Hold next on. episode. I gotta, I gotta drop him off. His, uh, his anal glands are working. Oh, I, oh, we, ha- we now have to keep this in the podcast. <laughs> I, <laughs> so we do not have a podcast yeah, if it do. does not. You know, I want all of this. In the <laughs> I want every part of this, especially the phrase "his anal glands." There's, there is a smell that they give off when it's when they're like not happy. That is the worst smell a dog can make. Like he could poop here and it would be less horrible. Wow. It's real it's been a bad. while since I've had a dog. This has been uh this has been a rough podcast. <laughs> this this room does not smell great. Because it's, it's on my jeans, so I have to change my jeans when I go back upstairs. I'm arguing to keep all of this. <laughs> because this is and I'm being serious. We keep this because this because there's a reason to keep this. This is a better ending than this episode of Moonlighting. <laughs> your dog's anal glands, your ruined jeans, and a room that must smell Terrible. like a Gordo Gonzalo cheese factory or something. Yeah. Just rotted cheese smell. Yeah. That's how we're ending this, people. If you can find a way to get us back to the original context so we can he cut this out. He must hate these jeans. He must hate these jeans. If you find a way to get us back to it, but even keeping this. I say we keep this because this I'll, is... I'll, 
I'll see. I'll see what I can do. Ain't no glands. Ain't no glands. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. I don't know where we were. Uh, we oh, were no, we don't end, have but... to know where we were because it's we're back. Glands, we're already so. back. We're already back and it's anal glands all the way. And we right, can, so... I'm going to say it as many times as Maddie says David in this episode, which is I think uh... is 105 screeching it. So, so next where, week. What would you put in the Planet Hollywood? I mean, it's easy for me. Double corpse tape. Double corpse tape. Yeah. I want. We just remove the flooring. You cut the floor. Cut yeah. the floor. That was the two. There were two highlights of this episode. Since we can't <laughs> lock an individual yeah. in there, by which I mean the curator. A lot of fun. Paul. Yeah. That was Paul Rudd. There's another person who had a name to someone known, Jonathan Ames, but not the Jonathan Ames who wrote the show Bored to Death with Jason Schwartzman. Another Jonathan Ames. But I do believe this was Paul Rudd. I think Jonathan Ames might have been Charles or he might yeah, have been Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was Charles. But, but Paul, this Paul Rudd was a lot of fun. And But since we can't encase him in Lucite. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> then I would. Yeah, it has to be double corpse. Double yeah. corpse cadmium red, beautiful, beautiful corpse tape thing. I they took so much wonderful, ridiculous. They look like Keith Haring characters at the end. They look like two Keith Haring characters have been shot. Yeah. So the that's our Planet Hollywood thing. Next week we're doing Atlas Belched. Belched. Uh, season we, two, we have episode high hopes for nine. That we have very. The high description hopes for is a rival detective agency has made an offer for Blue Moon Detective Agency. And Maddie accepts the offer. Finally, oh, something smart. God, she does something financial. Yeah. <laughs> and she turns around and going. buys another detective agency. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> because I felt double the sorry. staff. Because I felt sorry for the owner. Because I know he's a good guy, and I know he just wants to do well with his thing. But the only way he was going to move forward was by me crippling my own life. <laughs> Wait. Oh, Addison is upset. That she sells the detective agency and sets up his own agency. Okay, there is potential. (laughs) Neither course of action works out well. You know what? There is potential for that to be a fun episode. Yeah, I think so. I I think so. I think I want to know who gets Agnes. I guess the I mean, does the entire staff go with where you purchase? But because when you purchase a detective agency, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. This is how we stretch this because th- should this be questions for next week's episode? Of course it should, but I'm going to ask uh, you right I'm, now. I'm ready to answer them now. Ain't no glints. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry I did that. No. So well, let's go back. When you purchase, I have a question. When yeah. you purchase a detective agency, what are you purchasing except the staff and maybe the clientele? I would imagine when you purchase a business, you are purchasing the clientele. The Rolodex, right? The Rolodex, what the business produces, which in this case is nothing. Yeah. And then the staff, because they are high, highly valued. So I imagine when they purchase it, they get all the Jergesons they can they can handle and Agnes. So I imagine they're going to work somewhere else. Maybe they all have to wear a staff uniform. Remember when uh, Ted Edson sold Cheers when he came back after everything fell through Mm -hmm. with uh, Shelley Long's character with Diane? And everyone had to wear a certain outfit, and that's when Rebecca started working there. So I'm assuming they're all gonna have to wear a certain outfit. All these will be answered almost immediately. I would next think week. that Maddie would be willing to throw in everybody except Agnes. Well, shouldn't Agnes have a job? Or would Agnes always has been because at that point I can't assume she's thinking, well, David's gonna do his own agency. 
oh, I thought we were making, I thought we were making Maddie open up another agency. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, in that case, all all she needs is Agnes and anyone but David. You know what? I'm I'm I've been hurt so many times before making this having uh-huh. this thought, but I'm gonna have hope. Okay. And as we all know, hope is the killer. Hope is the ultimate yeah. killer. But I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. I, I can be a cynic, but I want to be a cynic in the true sense of the cynic where you're upset because you know things could be better, not because you assume everything is crap. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the absence of the true sense. Uh-huh. Like, I'm hoping things could be better. I believe things could be better. And this plot line gives me hope. Yeah. The title doesn't, Atlas Belch, but the yeah, plot line terrible, does. But yeah. <laughs> and now stay tuned for your local news. Tonight on Eyewitness News. Explosion at a heart pedal factory? Is your love dying? Doctors say the first sign is. 